I want to talk to you about pitching tents and building altars. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning. Pitch tents, build altars. So I'm going to use Genesis chapter 12 as a springboard for the message this morning. Pitch tents, build altars. Genesis 12 verse 8 says, And he moved from there, this is talking about Abraham, he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. He pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. I'm just going to piggyback on these two phrases. He pitched his tent and he built an altar. And I want to talk to you this morning as we move into 2021, really speedily as we finish this month, I want to say to us, let us pitch tents and build altars. Let's know the difference between the two. When I talk about pitching tents and building an altar, what's the difference between a tent and an altar? The tent is just a means to an end. The tent is symbolic of living in the wilderness. It's transient. A tent moves around. It's just about getting to where you want to get to. That's the tent. The altar is the central motivation. That was what it was for Abraham. The altar was his motivation. It was purpose in living. It reminded him of why he was doing what he was doing. He pitched tents. He built an altar. The altar is, a symbolic, is symbolic of dedication, sacrifice, divine. It's eternal. So this is what I'm pitching to you today. You pitch tents and you build an altar. The tent is for the journey. The altar is to remind you why you are on that journey. Tents and altars, critical for us to know the difference. Get it wrong and you'll be focusing on the temporal while trivializing the eternal. You get it wrong, you'll focus on the temporary and forget and fail to build on the eternal. Tents and altars know the difference. Let me take you to the context of that passage we just read. It begins with Abraham receiving a promise from God. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3, let me read it for you. The Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I want you to look at the covenant blessing first. Because it comes with a blessing and it comes with a responsibility. If you look at it, this is the covenant blessing. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. In other words, when somebody curses you, it goes back to them. It cannot rest with you. If somebody blesses you, it will rest with you and they will get the blessing too. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. So that's the covenant blessing. 
But along with the covenant blessing came a covenant responsibility. And the responsibility was, now that you receive my blessings, you shall be a blessing. Now that you received a great name and you become a great nation, through you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I love that he used the word families. God used the word families. Isn't that what we are trying to do? Through us, we are trusting God that the families on earth will be blessed. So this is it. Know the difference between the tent and the altar. This was the tent, the blessing. The blessing is the tent. The blessing is temporal. The great nation, the great name, that's all temporary. If you don't believe me, what happens when we finish, when we are in a box? And you know the box I'm talking about. What happens when we are in a box? That great name, Andrew Kulasingam, finished. Nobody's going to remember that. Great nation. Egypt was one time a great nation. The Pharaoh was the greatest man on earth. Who remembers him anymore? Right? Do you talk about the Pharaoh? Remember the great Pharaoh of old? Who? Unless you're a history teacher. The blessing is the tent. The great nation, the great name, that's all temporal. The God who blesses is the altar. Becoming a blessing through God, that's the eternal. Know the difference. If you don't know the difference between a tent and an altar, you'll be building tents and forsaking the altar. When me and my blessings become the focus, when that becomes the thing I build on, my blessings, me, myself and I, that perfect trinity, I miss the plot. When the temporal is treated as the eternal, my life becomes a chaos. Look around. If you see chaos, it's because somebody has built tents and forgotten about eternal stuff. Let me take you to a passage of scripture that you know so well. And I want to show you the cost of getting it wrong. When you don't know what the tent, what, which is the tent and which is the altar. And that's the Tower of Babel. I want to show you, interestingly, the story of the Tower of Babel is just a paragraph above this blessing that Abraham gets. If you look at chapter 11 of Genesis, you'll see that in Genesis chapter 11, the author of Genesis, Moses, is trying to unpack and tell you the lineage of Noah, the descendants of Noah. He's trying to tell you the three sons and their generations. But in between this generational story, is the Tower of Babel. If you take away this short little passage, a story of Tower of Babel, it will still make sense to you. Why did Moses insert the story of the Tower of Babel before the story of Abraham? If you look at the story of the Tower of Babel, you will see in Genesis chapter 11 verse 4, they said to one another, Come, let us build ourselves a city. A tower whose top is the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. What did they want to do? Build for themselves. Let's build ourselves. Let's make a name for ourselves. 
Isn't it interesting that when it comes to Abraham, God uses the same words. But he said, I will build you. I will make you a great name. Can you see the difference? In the Tower of Babel, they said, let us build ourselves. Let us make a great name for ourselves. What's the final outcome? Confusion and scattering. Verse 8 and 9. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. They ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. What happens when we focus on me, myself and I? What happens when we just put the emphasis in the wrong place? When you emphasize on the temporary and you build on temporal things, what happens? Chaos, scattering and confusion. Pitch tents, build altars. Get it wrong, it's confusion, scattering and chaos. What if you get it right? I want to take you to the next group of people. This time it wasn't the Tower of Babel, but it was the upper room. If you read the Tower of Babel and you read the upper room, you can see as if there was a reverse of everything that happened in Babel was reversed in the upper room. You talk about language, that language of confusion became a language that makes sense. All languages made sense now because they were all praising God. So I want to take you to the upper room. And you know what happened in the upper room? Jesus had ascended, but before that, he had spent 40 days with his disciples, presenting himself alive to more than 500 people. And um, 120 of them decided to hearken to what Jesus commanded them. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. And that's what they did. 120 of them, about 120 of them were in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. You know the story. And transformed their entire lives. And then Peter stands up and speaks to the crowd. And this is what he says in Acts 2 verse 38 to 39. Peter said to them, repent, change your mind, change the ideas that you have, change the way you're living your life, turn away from the way you are looking at things in life. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. As many as the Lord our God will call. Before Christ spoke to them and taught them about the kingdom of God. They were wanting the Messiah to make Israel great again. They wanted to wear those red hats. Those mega hats. Make Israel great again. Mega. That's what they wanted. They wanted the Messiah to come and put us back into the map. Let the world know who we truly are. Well, make us great again. Kick out these Romans. Show them who they are. Make us great again. But Jesus had other ideas. And so he spent 40 days with them, teaching them why the Messiah should come. Then they got it. And when they got it, it was all about God. And so they stopped building tents. 
stop building, focusing on the temporal things. And suddenly they began to focus on God focus, on kingdom stuff. What was the outcome? Acts 2, 40 to 47. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together. All had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. When your focus shifts from the temporal things to eternal, when you start building on the right things, on eternal things, this is what happens. They recognize the difference between tents and an altar. They recognize that all that they had were means to an end. They gathered their resources together and they began to build the kingdom of God that had eternal value. They used their resources to invest in people's lives. And what happened? What was the outcome of it? Gladness, simplicity, praising God, favor with all, and most importantly, salvation to many. Getting it right matters. Pitch tents build an altar. Pitch tents, build an altar. I keep saying to myself this as I lead both these congregations. Andrew, pitch tents, build the altar. Quit these dreams that pastors sometimes have of making a big name for themselves, a big church, a big tent, a very small altar. Pitch tents, build an altar. Getting it right matters. One final scripture before I close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Is it okay if we read 10 verses? I like you guys. I might hang around. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And listen to the Apostle Paul. And didn't he know the difference between tents and altar? He built his altar well. We've got scriptures to prove how well he built his altar. And he pitched his tent. And his tent was breaking down as he came to the last few years of his life. But he knew his altar was secure. So listen to him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 to 10. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. He's talking about his body. This tent. He calls this tent. Now I've got to be very careful because my tent is starting to become a building. <laughs> if I don't take care, it'll become a mall. <laughs> then it's hard to move the tent. He calls this a tent. And everything here that's connected to this body, the wallet, 
the mobile phone, the keys to the car, all tents. This tent, and if, when, if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. You know this. I hear you constantly. In your pain, in your suffering, you always know, you talk to me about the building. So you know the difference. He said, we have a building from God, a house, not made from hands, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we are in this tent, grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. He's making the difference. He's showing you the difference between a tent and the altar, between what is temporal and what's permanent. This is fading away. The good news is that pain is also temporal. The suffering is also temporal. What's permanent is what's waiting for you and me. And so he makes a clear difference as he lives his life. He knows the difference between what's a tent and what's the altar. What's temporary and what's permanent. After making that difference, he goes on to say, Now, now that you know the difference, now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased. Now, I'll pause there first to say to you this. When you know the difference between the tent and the altar, you lean on the Holy Spirit. He's saying to you, now that you know this, we have the Holy Spirit. He's our guarantee. So you lean on him. Because the temporal things, knowing that they are shifting, they are moving, they are breaking down, you must lean on the Holy Spirit for your journey. The tent has got some holes. It's a bit of a leaky roof. So you lean on the Holy Spirit, who is your guarantee of the permanent that's coming your way. The Holy Spirit reminds you, this is only temporary. It's okay. Face today, it's only temporary. It's okay. The Holy Spirit reminds you. But how do you do it? By faith. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we live by faith in this temporal journey through the Holy Spirit. Then verse 9, he says this. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, doesn't matter whether it's now or tomorrow, whether it's temporal or eternal, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him. That's our altar. That's our focus. That's our eternity. That's our destination. Please, God. Let's please him. 
And then in verse 10, and I close with this, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This is what motivated the man. While he was floating in the sea after shipwreck, this is what motivated the man. This is what motivated the man when he got 40 lashes for preaching the gospel and still get up to go and preach again. This is what motivated the man when he was beaten and put out as if he was dead outside the city to wake up again and go to the next city and preach the gospel. This is what motivated the man. He knew what was the tent and he knew what was the altar. He knew what was temporal and he knew what was eternal. And he said this, One day, all my investments in the eternal will truly have value. Because at the end of the day, we stand in judgment and what we need to prove is whether we invested in the tent or we invested in the altar. So let me close with these few sentences. You pitch tents, you build an altar. The tent is for the journey. The altar is to remind you why you are on the journey. Know the difference. You get it wrong, you'll be focusing on the temporal while trivializing the eternal. But you get it right. Your reward is in the judgment seat. The blessing, and we must seek blessings. Don't get this wrong. We must seek blessings. God spoke to Abraham, you will be blessed. There is a reason for the blessing. You, you, you must be blessed in order to be a blessing. So please don't stop praying for blessing. Please every morning bless yourself before you bless others. You say, that's wrong. Who told you it's wrong? The psalmist blessed himself constantly. Because if you're not blessed, how are you going to be a blessing? So bless yourself every day in the name of the Lord. But remember why you're blessing yourself. We are blessed to be a blessing. So the blessing is only temporal. Becoming a blessing, that's eternal. Pitch tent, build an altar. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. For more resources, or if you would like to support this ministry, visit us at activefaith.org.nz.